I'm going to invite um, Angie to come up and give the word now. I'm going to pray for her as she comes up. Father God, thank you for Angie. Thank you for the preparation and the word that you've put into her heart. And we just ask, Lord, that you give us ears to hear and hearts to understand what you have to say through Angie today. Give her joy as she speaks, Lord, uh, and fill her with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. I'm just going to read you a story. Now, while they were on their way, Jesus entered a village called Bethany, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who seated herself at the Lord's feet and was continually listening to his teaching. But Martha was very busy and distracted with all her serving responsibilities. And she approached Jesus and said, Lord, is it of no concern to you that my sisters left me to do the serving alone? Tell her to help me to do her part. But the Lord replied, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered and anxious about so many things, but only one thing is necessary. For Mary has chosen the good part, and it will not be taken from her. Just pray, Father God, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, Will you come into this building? Will you come into my words? Help me to speak clearly and well. And will you rest upon people's hearts and move as you choose? We would welcome your presence. Amen. Amen. Okay. It sounds as if this was Martha's idea to invite Jesus into her home, and when he accepted it, what it immediately put her under pressure. Suddenly there was food to prepare, teas and coffees to serve, and Martha finds herself doing all the work. And then she notices that her sister Mary is not helping. So she interrupts Jesus to point out the injustice, and she says, to him, tell her to come and help me. Now she thought Jesus would say, oh my goodness, Mary, you're leaving your sister to do all the work. Off you go now, give her a hand. Martha thought Jesus would take her side, see the injustice. Martha was wrong. You see, Martha had decided that being a good hostess was more important than spending time with her guest. She was so busy doing stuff for Jesus, she didn't have time to be with him. He probably would have settled for something quite simple, like a, a slice of unleavened toast. Um, <laughs> and so Jesus stopped his teaching and looked up into the face of this harassed woman. And then he spoke, Martha, Martha, you are so worried and anxious 
I'm bothered about so many things. Only one thing really matters, Martha, and Mary has chosen it. And I won't take that away from her because that is what counts. So we met Martha and she is a worrier. And how about me? How about you? Am I anxious and bothered and worried about many things? How about when I lose my glasses? It's so important that I find them again. Or how about health and finance and family relationships? You know, the kind of things that go through your mind in the night, turning them over and churning them in your mind. Or maybe I worry and get uptight about the overwhelming problems in the world, things I just cannot change. Or maybe I spend ages thinking about things that don't really matter, or perhaps they do. And do I lose the peace that Jesus promised to give his followers when he said, my peace I give to you. So now we're going to pause for a minute, and on the scale of 1 to 10, just think, how much of a worrier are you? And what are you most worried about at this very moment? So just talk to each other. I'll give you two or three minutes. How much of a worrier are you? And what are you worried about most? And what are you worried about just now? Have a chat. I'm not a worrier. <laughs> Uh, so it's probably uh, too far the yes. other way. <laughs> so you're in heaven. Yeah, exactly. I can relate to that for me. I was trying to get the Christmas dinner and Michael didn't show to everybody. I said, I can't it's a discipline, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's a characteristic. Some people are born worries and some people are born plain, you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm horizontal. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. So, are you as you are because you're a Christian? Because you're. Like partly my character, yeah, I do, I, I do a lot because I, I just kind of hand it over to God. I mean, I start every day with, you know, Lord, take this down and sort it out. Yes, yes, I, can't. Yeah. I mean, that, you know, in, in a paraphrase, but that's essentially it. Yeah. So, absolutely. Just handing everything over. You know, and you, you worry about individual things you have to do. In the grand scheme of things, it's not, is it? Okay, let's get back to the script. Table at the back. Okay. In Luke chapter 12, Jesus says this to his followers. I tell you, 
do not worry about your life, what you eat and what you wear. Life is more than things. Seek my kingdom first. And then in verse 32, he says, do not be afraid. Do not be anxious, little flock. And in verse 29, he says again, nor have an anxious and unsettled mind. In Matthew 6, Jesus says, do not worry about tomorrow. He commands us, his followers, not to worry. This command we probably break more than any other. <clears throat> On Friday afternoon, last Friday, the telephone rang in our house and a lady said to me, could I speak to Mr. Jones, please? This is Colchester Hospital. So I handed the phone to Moxie and it, it, it seems that uh, the echocardiogram has shown up something that they are worried about. And so we are to go to Colchester Hospital tomorrow um, to see, uh, have another echocardiogram and to see the consultant and that's come just now as I'm telling you these things so when it says do not worry about tomorrow that's for me as well as for you so how much do I need these words Isaiah 26 you will keep in perfect peace the one whose mind is focused on you because he trusts and takes refuge in you. Psalm 4 verse 8, in peace with a tranquil heart I will lie down and sleep for you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety and trust. And John 14, do not let your heart be troubled, believe in God, trust me, says Jesus. And that's what he's saying to us at this moment, as well as to you. You see, Martha was worried and anxious and bothered about so many things that Jesus knew. But as well as worrying and being anxious, Martha was a doer. She wanted to do stuff for Jesus. It was good stuff. She kept herself really busy. And I ask myself the question, are there times when I'm doing stuff for him, not spending time with him? Often they're good things that I'm doing, but they so fill my day that I neglect that quiet time with him. And you may notice if you ask somebody, how are you? They say, oh, I'm fine, but I'm busy. <laughs> Corrie Ten Boom said, if the devil can't make you sin, he'll make you busy. Because <laughs> Satan hates us spending time every day with Jesus, quality time, because he knows that this is where our strength is. You see, Christians say that Jesus is the most important thing to them, more important than anything else. But how much time do they give him? every day. How much time do I give him every day? 
There's a book worth reading uh, by John Mark Comer called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And I'm just going to read some words that he writes. He says this, most of us are too busy to follow Jesus. Anytime I teach on a rule of life and some core practices for life with Jesus, I hear the same refrain. That sounds great, but I don't have the time. I have a demanding job. I've got little kids. I'm training for a marathon. I get it. I live in the same world, and they're good excuses. And then he goes on. <clears throat> I used to smile and nod and let that awkward moment pass, but the older I get, the more I feel the courage to push back a little. And sometimes I graciously ask, are you really too busy? So how much time do you spend watching television? <laughs> and um, how much time do you spend online or on social media? And how about shopping? And then I suggest that keep, people keep a time log for a week. And when they do, they are shocked to see how much time they give to trivia. So let's take another pause, and this time just to reflect in your own heart these questions. How often yesterday, just yesterday, did I whisper a prayer to Jesus? How often did my thoughts turn to him? Was I aware of him in the everyday moment? How long did I spend reading my Bible or in prayer? And as you think about it, think what enabled you to do that or what prevented you. So just a few moments to think. Okay, maybe you need to have a conversation with him about this. So in this fast-paced, demanding world, we need to give ourselves as Christians permission to stop being busy. We need to be able to sneak away quietly and wait for the Holy to, to move however long it takes to meet with us. Sometimes we're so caught up doing good things that we miss his prompting. We miss his hand on our elbow, his gentle whisper. You see, we're doing good things, but we're missing God things. <clears throat> Martha invited Jesus into her home, into her life, and then she ignored him. You see, as Christians, we say that we have invited Jesus into our lives. 
Christians say that because of his terrible suffering and his humiliating death, he overcame Satan and darkness. He broke that power hold over us. And now we know his forgiveness, we know his cleansing, we can live in his kingdom, but we're still on earth and we need the help of his Holy Spirit because our world is evil. I don't need to tell you that. If we ignore Jesus and the help of the Holy Spirit and we don't draw strength from him day by day, we will struggle. Okay, enough of Martha, let's look at Mary. Let's take Mary. See her sitting at Jesus' feet, soaking up the words that fell from his lips, just enjoying being close to him, knowing it was a precious moment. <clears throat> this broken world needs more Marys. It needs people whose priority is to sit at the feet of Jesus and seek to be in his presence. It needs people who are close to his heart, who want to hear his voice, because that mattered more to Mary than anything, and it should to us. Some more lovely scriptures. This one is sad. Isaiah 30, For the Lord God has said, In returning to and resting in me, you shall be saved. In quietness and in confident trust is your strength. But you would not. But you would not. Psalm 46 says, Be still and know that I am God. Lamentations 3. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Because it's in those quiet moments when we're alone with Jesus, just he and me, that then he reaches into my heart. <clears throat> and we need to be intentional in this. We need to find a place, find a time, make it a priority. I find walking on my own is a good way to pray. I can pour out my thoughts to Jesus audibly I can say what I like, and he hears, and that's a good way for me to pray. I find reading scriptures, particularly the Gospels, again and again, and just delving into them, stories like today's, just thinking about them helps me. So let's pause again, and this time, could you give each other advice on what works for you to be closer to Jesus? Tell each other <clears throat> what works for you.
you do get out of them until you get, get more. Yes, I mean, it's interesting. Now being retired, <laughs> it's obviously a lot easier. Sort of think back to those days when you know, you're working 25 hours a day, you know, you've got to rest a bit. Still to make that place. So again, it's a sort of and I, I wonder if it's not the sense, but the, the doing of it, the discipline of it, to making sure that you don't go through a day, however busy you are. I think they're at. Again, you may need to carry on <coughs> this conversation after. So maybe today some of us are less mobile than we used to be, or perhaps a bit less active these days. So maybe we are the people who are freer to find a quiet moment to sit at his feet, to read his word, to pray for those that we care about and maybe those that we don't care about. Maybe we're busy, we have children to care for, a house to keep tidy, a full-time job. We need to make a conscious choice to sneak away whenever we can, to spend a few moments alone with Jesus. And that isn't always easy. You see, it's about priorities. And it's about cutting out things that aren't really important. And why? Because the closer we get to Jesus, the more we'll carry his presence, the more we'll feel his compassion, the more we'll reflect his glory, the more sensitive we'll become to his leading, to his whisper the more we'll become like him, the more the Holy Spirit will work within us. You see, the Holy Spirit can do more in a minute than I can do in a lifetime. So people don't need me. They don't need Angie Jones. They don't need Carol Rainbird. People need Jesus. And Colossians says, Christ in you. That's the hope of glory, Christ in you. I prayed last week on Wednesday that I would be sensitive to a prompting of the Holy Spirit that day and that I would know by a surge of love in me for somebody. So I'm walking in Clacton Hospital car park and an old lady walks towards me, all wrapped up with a thick coat on, a bubble hat with a headscarf on the top, carrying a prescription bag in her hand. And I, I looked at her and I thought, is she the one? So I, I went to her and I said, can I help you? And she looked at me and stopped and she began to talk. She told me about her family, what she was doing, what her worries were, and her name was Yolanda. I said, can I pray for you? And she said, yes. So in the car park of Clacton Hospital, I prayed for an old lady in a bubble hat with a headscarf. I prayed for her that God would bless her. And when I finished, 
she looked up at me and she said, will you pray for my brother? He has cancer and he's dying. And she began to cry. And so did I. And I felt that surge of love that I prayed for that morning for an old lady in a bobble hat with a headscarf who trapped a hospital. And I prayed for her and for her brother. And it was a precious moment. And I don't know the outcome, but I just knew the Holy Spirit's prompting because I'd asked for it. And I urge you to do the same. So the final two questions then. Are you, am I a worrier? Are we bothered about things so much so that we lose our peace? Are you, am I too busy to spend time with Jesus every day? Do I let him get squeezed out of my life? So just hear his words. Only one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen it. I won't take that away from her. Just to finish is a lovely little psalm, 131. Lord, my heart is not proud, nor my eyes haughty, nor do I involve myself in great matters or in things too difficult for me. Surely I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child resting with his mother. Only one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen it. And Jesus says, I won't take that from her. So now I'm just going to give you a moment to respond if you choose to. If anybody wants prayer for anything that has been said, please ask. I'm going to hand over to Nick. We're going to listen to a beautiful song. And this is a moment for you to respond, to ask for prayer either or however Nick chooses. Thank you.